Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 7, uh, Unnatural Selection. Jean-Luc, Shorty Specs, Mysteries on the Holodecks, Asteroids, Triple Droids, Telepathic Betazoids, Transport a Deadly Claw, Visitor from L.A. Law, Photons, No Kirk, Captain Has Gone Berserk, Shuttlecraft, Council Troy, Dr. Crush's Little Boy, Klingon Rights, Parasites, New Heights, Phaser Fights, Data's Head, Tasha's Dead, Wike is Hanging by a Thread, Celebration, Transformation, Everyone and Paul, I got a lot of things to say about this episode. Oh boy, do I ever too. But I th- see a lot of times when I have a lot of things to say, I, I sometimes scare people. Um, so I'm going to rein it in, especially given the fact that our guest host for this episode has never guest hosted with us before. So uh, he, he can handle it. You know he can handle it. It's true. <laughs> Because we've 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 spent a lot of time together virtually and online, but I mean this is this is a whole different deal. So so we'll just we'll start slow. But our special guest this time around is uh, Mr. Aaron Heiner. Uh, Heiner, welcome to uh, the podcast. Hello. So you had a choice. Paul and I don't. You you had a choice. I presume you it was it was given to you as a choice because Paul coordinates this whole shindig where our guests <laughs> typically say like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that one. Uh, what? in the world or i guess in the universe uh made you say i will do unnatural selection (laughs) well i think what ended up happening is uh there were several episodes on the docket that people could choose and i was like i'm interested in this one and it's like oh let's take it okay that's fine no big deal we'll we'll go on to like choice number two and uh no someone took that one already Uh, it's like you're we're moving you down the list it's like okay i've never been on before and uh, it's fine so i I think you definitely did draw the short straw on this one i don't know i you know i i grew up watching uh tng and so i've probably seen the majority of the episodes at one time or another maybe not in their entirety and i was like oh this you know it has an interesting title we'll see how it goes and and it it, it went it went uh somewhere <laughs> it certainly did it's, if if nothing else uh it is a very discussion provoking episode i yep. think i i think uh, you're absolutely right i wrote like typically i try to keep my notes to a page um, because yep. if if we double the length of the episode in our podcast, because the runtime of these is typically like 43 minutes, if we start pushing over an hour, closer to like an hour and a half, I feel like we've yeah, done a I, disservice. I don't care this week. I This one could be as long as we want. Just, <laughs> I don't want to care. I, I would like it's to... unlimited. Yeah, I would like to take a picture of my notes at some point. Maybe we'll put this on our Facebook page and our Twitter, because I like kept it to a page... But I cheated because I have notes all the way around the ledgers. Like, yeah, I have two pages, and then I started to do the ledger, ledgers too. Um, the, the last time I looked back, the last episode I had this many notes for was uh, Haven. So. Oh God, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I okay. So I to to kind of get the ball rolling, I, I want to throw this out here and see if you guys uh, agree, disagree, or what have you. But ben, I think the whole idea behind this episode. 
and and indeed the central like thesis for unnatural selection why it exists why the writers put it together is essentially in that first scene in the captain's ready room where they have that really awkward discussion which essentially yep. boils down to hey guys Pulaski's cool right she's cool mm-hmm. isn't mm-hmm. she cool <laughs> Like and that's this, that's this episode's only reason for existing. Like I think, but I want to know if if you guys feel the same way. <laughs> Go for it first, Heiner. I've got plenty. Well, of I th- I mean I really thought that um, in the way that other shows like family oriented sitcoms try to tackle like the issues of their time or pop culture related issues, this was sort of like a science fictiony way to to tackle like an ethics problem but do it in a way that showcases this oh we have a ship new ship's doctor and isn't isn't she fascinating in her the way that she does things uh so it was was sort of like we're gonna force feed you pulaski yeah it's gonna be all pulaski all the time and it's gonna be in such a way that you can't avoid it you can't avoid uh dealing with her existence yep yep yeah so even in the the open right in the captain's log he says hopefully the mission will give me further opportunities to assess the performance of our new chief medical officer <laughs> yeah, first off, it it's like wait she's, right she's new she's been around for like I mean, this is what the eighth seventh episode like she's been around a while yeah and even even in real-time continuity that's seven weeks and you would assume that there's been more time that's yeah. passed than seven weeks but like you wouldn't then, say somebody's new uh, but then you're right the, the troy line of like she's a great person and <laughs> regards like but isn't she a little like not great and troy's like no 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 you're wrong she's great <laughs> <laughs> i don't share your concerns she's the best Yes, yes, and I'm the one that knows about people, so you really should listen to me when I tell you that. Trust Pulaski's me, I could read okay. your thoughts, and you like her too. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did feel like Picard was the every person in the audience in that one, where he's just like, I, I, I don't know, I don't think she's great, and just without, yeah, without pause, you're right. Like Troy is just like, nope, you're wrong. Everyone's wrong. She's great. Well, and I, I think, I mean, to, to kind of big picture it, I think this is the episode. that is why I hate Pulaski like it Mm. backfires so much Mm -hmm. because she is so unlikable in this yeah um it's an hour of her being every part of the bad parts of her character um and it's it's horrible this is this is I think what I point to (laughs) if I point to my youth and say why do you hate Pulaski it's this episode yeah uh she's wrong every time she gets a chance to be right <laughs> yeah, you're, yes. why don't you tell us how you how tell everyone how you really feel about her character? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all right here. It's this is the place to look. It's also, I mean, like this episode, um, <clears throat> Pulaski specifically, because she is probably provided the most opportunity to be wrong because she has the most screen time. But if you really look at this episode in its entirety, it paints a it paints a damning picture of medical science in the 24th century, um, just as a whole, oh, yeah. because like her colleagues are equally like just guilty of hubris. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, the other doctor, Doctor um... Kingsley. 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 Uh, Kingsley. Kingsley is also Dr. like Doctor Kingsley. Is like no, no, it definitely wasn't that. And it's like. And data at certain points is like, mm, I'm pretty sure it is. Like, no, 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 you're wrong. No. Like, well, and data just kind of shrugs. Like, the Brent Spinerisms in this, too. Like, it, it really feels like data does not care at all. Yeah. Like, 
He's just getting drug along for basically the entire <laughs> the entire shenanigans. He's like, I'm Ugh. here, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, no well, one wants I mean... to listen to the android. Why would anyone ever pay attention to me? That's, yeah, I, I, there were just so many instances where it's like, you're doing what with what science and someone signed off on this and it's okay to do now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. oh yeah it's mm-hmm. just and everyone seems totally totally okay with the basis of their whole experiment to begin with like no oh, one... oh you mean the experiment uh which i've fondly referred to as uh dr kingsley's con sing <laughs> factory like oh yeah like <laughs> yep. I, I mean the <laughs> The, the entire Federation has an elaborate series of rules which are firmly established in multiple episodes that precede this one and follow this one that are like, hey guys, in the Federation, we don't do genetic engineering because this guy named Khan Singh tried to murder everybody. Yep. Um, and this whole episode, yep. like, that's the part that my mind just flayed wide open because they didn't even try to, like push it to to well, some other government or some other like it's a federation research outpost and they're well, and clearly Pulaski's making people super cool with it she's yes. like yeah. when, when she gets the kid she's like this might be the future of humanity and in back in the child remember i i called out the fact that she was like bashing basic genetics and like <laughs> gene therapy she's yeah. like oh those monsters who like turn turn things genetically and it's like Oh, now though, now you're super cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. because Dr. Kingsley uh, gave you a compliment on some paper you wrote like many years ago, and now everything <laughs> that she's doing is is gold. Yeah, and exactly. it's fine. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection, but you're right. It was just like she was so flattered, where she's like, "Oh, uh, my paper. <laughs> These children of the future." You know, I was like, "No, no, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute." <laughs> well, so and, I mean, we're talking around a lot, but but let's let's start with. So the Lantry, because I, I think there's something we could talk about the Lantry here, um, in that that it, it's a trigger warning for this episode, that <laughs> you, the listener, if you ever hear the words USS Lantry, while you have BBC on in the background, switch to a different channel. <laughs> right. <laughs> because <laughs> that's the trigger for the, how, when this episode just goes south, right? They find a ship, it's full of dead people, and then everything gets worse from there. And unfortunately, like... That is, I would say you're right, Paul. I would say that is exactly the point where the episode starts to go wrong. But it's also right up until that point where it could have been an interesting episode with some tweaks. Yes. Oh, sure, um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the major, if you want to call it a misstep or opportunity for them to have made the episode a lot better, is that that is a fully, you know, it's what, 26 people that died as a result of coming into contact with this research facility Mm -hmm. and we see them they should they find the ship like oh just turn the quarantine beacons on and make sure we can find the ship later and you don't hear about them much for the rest of the episode until they go back to blow the ship up later it Mm -hmm. also seems super risky to leave right like so the ferengi are established at this point right what if a ferengi ship showed up and they're like oh we can we could totally make some money off this one because you could uh, you you have a crazy bioweapon now that might not affect Ferengi. Who knows? Right? You're leaving all these open doors with all these questions that are just... Yeah, you're right. They're, they're, yeah, that's it. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I wasn't able to define that until you just threw that out there, but something didn't sit right with me about that. Yeah, like, cool, we'll be back for you dead guys later. <laughs> it's, it's just because there's no ships within two parsecs when you found them that... It, this, I love you know, that the, you just called that out again. The universe is, is a big place. Yeah. 
Like, because uh... this is only the second time they've said parsecs, if I'm I'm counting right, and I, I gave uh, a lot of crap for it last time. But again, parsecs don't make sense here. Yep, like yep. yours makes sense. But and uh, go back to the archives if you want Paul's complete breakdown of why. I think it was in the are... child too. I think it was in the child. Well, it was, it was part of it was a Will Wheaton dialogue line, so that we can kind of just gloss over <laughs> you the fact that he get about that one. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, I mean, I think that was his only line of the episode, unfortunately. But yeah, he has other like... than other than confirming like what Picard is telling him to do. Yeah, exactly. Which... Yep. anybody could do that yep because it i i mean on its i do want kind of want to back up here a little bit because like i i did write down this that like all the pieces were there for this episode to start to be interesting because uh, a medical drama uh is interesting especially in a sci-fi uh setting because you can do some interesting yeah. like some non-conventional things there and i think the idea of like a quarantine like is inherently dramatic because you have this situation where there's people who need help, the clock is ticking, and and um, you're unable to help them because uh, this thing that is affecting them is so contagious and so deadly. Um, it's it's just unfortunate that it just starts to go completely stupid really well, fast. They don't care. Maybe what we just highlighted there that the the, the fact that they quarant I'm making quotes quarantine the land tree, but then just kind of let it float. Yeah. Um, yeah. is is how much they care about quarantine the whole time. Because <laughs> right. they get to Darwin Station and they're like, hey, we're in trouble. Kids are in trouble. And they're like, immediately they're like, well, why don't we just beam some of you guys over? And Picard's like, uh, quarantine? <laughs> Hello? Hello? And, and they're like, no, don't worry about that. We're doctors. That's not important. Yeah. We we'll know just how we'll use works. a force field and some, uh, some compound that it's like, well, why didn't, weren't we doing that? the whole well, time like and they also seem not to care about the scientists of darwin station don't seem to care about themselves they're like we could totally die we're just humans it's these kids you got to save mm-hmm. and they make this big push that like if they die then the kids will die because they can't survive without them like well these are let's just jump right to it genetically engineered supermen and it seems like if they can't like pour themselves a bowl of cereal for a day or two <laughs> then they're not great genetically engineered supermen yeah yeah it's it's a really good example of um a character saying on screen a thing that doesn't make any sense and people just expecting you to go with it because somebody said it and it's yeah. like no if you stop and think about that for even a second i'm like i think i said that out loud as i was watching this episode she's like but without us they'll die and i was like why <laughs> yeah and even if these were regular like they're, human they're, children they're like five year telepathic tele, they're full grown and telepathic by the age of like what is it like 13 or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. didn't you engineer them to not have to be spoon fed like mm-hmm. maybe you forgot yeah. that part when you were coating them yeah mm-hmm. so uh, uh, that raised an eyebrow and i did yeah. fully i intended to take notes and what i ended up doing is just watching the episode a couple more times it's like maybe maybe it'll make a different amount of sense when i get to that part where, <laughs> where they say like oh, they'll die without us it's like uh, <laughs> wow yeah, they have replicators right they have replicators they, yeah like oh and the Enterprise is right there. They could beam them a, a theoretically infinite amount of supplies. Well, I mean, it's just none of it. None of it makes any sense. And like, I, I think it was it was hooked in there. Obviously, I think as bait to give Pulaski more of a moral stake in this. But she's the worst person to be passionately arguing to beam 
like disease kids onto a galaxy class starship. Yeah. Like she should be, she should have basically been saying the things that Jordy was saying. And Jordy was like, lady, I can't quarantine this place off. Like it can't be yeah, completely yeah. sealed. It's a giant starship. Uh, you know, we have emergency force fields and stuff, but if those fail, we're boned. And like she, as the chief medical officer of the ship should know all, all of the things involved with mm-hmm. uh, quarantine procedures on a starship, or she shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and speaking speaking of force fields, it, the the scene where like half of half to maybe all of the senior staff are in a room and they beam the kid over, and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, let's lower the force fields. He looks cool." Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that seems like a great way for that to go wrong. He's covered in plastic. It's fine. They got some saran wrap on him. It's, it'll yeah, be good. yeah. <laughs> yeah ster- Sterilite or whatever. Like, oh, that's uh, we're having some problems beaming that over. It's like, hmm, that's not a red flag at all. Well, and they everything also, is so fine. They yep. beam him over, and they're like, we well, we can't do any tests because he's you know still still in in the packaging, right? <laughs> um, new in box. And it's like, well, you teleported him, right? You'd know everything about every atom in his body. Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. what test do you want to do that you can't? Like, I would also like to point out um, <clears throat> two things that I, that struck me as they were beaming over the uh, cherry inbox, uh, you know, uh, super kids. Um, one, there's a line that uh, O'Brien says, and hey, O'Brien's in this episode. How about that? Um, <sighs> I really like him. Always have liked his character. I, yep. I love O'Brien, but the fact that he's in this episode taints him a little. <laughs> it does. It it does. Somewhat. I don't like that word at all, even. But but yes. it, uh, yeah, it, he, he's he, yeah, just the word taint. Don't like it. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan of that word. But it is it is appropriately used here because he he is uh, somewhat complicit in providing uh, some of the critical teleporter assistance well but at the uh, end right later like picard picard's like oh but if this goes wrong like she might die and o'brien's like "Mm, yeah maybe you should do that and yeah isn't this isn't that a risk every time you do your job o'brien yeah. Like I'm pretty sure O'Brien has killed somebody with the teleporter. Like I, I don't, I can't <laughs> tell you when that happened, but I'm pretty sure that that happens at least once in this run and Deep Space Nine and and wherever. I'm sure he kills somebody with a teleporter. Yeah, yeah. That part really sat poorly with me because it's like, uh, a you know, why is O'Brien suddenly concerned about like, well, I might screw it up. It's like, dude, every day, whatever, like take some ownership of your job. But then also, (laughs) (laughs) uh, B, like, why would you want Captain Picard, who arguably is the guy who's probably spent the least amount of time in a freaking transporter room in the last, I don't know, 30 years to do a never before tried advanced uh, transporter procedure like that he's the last guy you want at the controls as you're doing something that's literally never been done before like uh, uh, ugh, that yeah that that part really bothered me um can't that's that's the old can't someone else do it <laughs> i just i don't want to it's like i used to feel bad about the chief o'brien at work comic because i really liked o'brien <laughs> but like now after this episode i'm like he completely deserves it because while he was on the enterprise what a goob like seriously <laughs> whatever but he also he had a line there too that um uh, jumping back to when they were beaming up the the saran wrapped kids um, kid I guess um, he said I want to materialize the styrolite two microseconds ahead of the child and I'm like 
why not materialize it like a couple of seconds, like two microseconds? Why did you cut it that close if it's that important that the casing get there before the action figure? You know, like that. Yep. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, really... no, but it, but when you say when you say microseconds, it makes it sound more suspenseful and more precise. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. And then immediately after when they beam him over, I liked Worf's random a trick, which I still oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did he scream that because it was like a, a grown man? Like, did he like, I, I, I mean, I, I get I, I don't get what they were going for there. Were they going for the fact that they kept saying children and then a full grown person yeah. materialized? Yeah, I think that's what it, yeah, I there's, that's what it, it was. That was added for for emphasis where he's uh, he's totally expecting it to be a smaller like human five year old or something yeah. Yeah. yeah or yeah. you know t- even even if it's a teenager it's it's going to be only like you know five five to six feet tall this is a full-grown adult male yeah i think i feel like I, that would have come across more had he screamed any literally anything other than a trick like we're like this isn't a child <laughs> yeah yeah it's not a child yeah something yeah. like no but but it's you know he's he's supposed to be he's klingon he's more impulsive and he's reacting to the situation and it's it, once again, it's it's for dramatic effect. It's to add more tension, somehow. But it yeah, just comes yeah. off as like silly because uh, he's really not like he's not stupid. So right. he yeah. should have been able right. to. Uh, say something other than it's a you know it's a trick it's a trick it's yeah. a trap <laughs> it's a trap that, that's it's a, a copyrighted statement yeah, yeah. yeah. you know before we move too far from microseconds they did miss a chance to use femtoseconds perhaps the best type of seconds <laughs> I would you see you know so if you're still upset about that write a letter to the past uh, yep and address it to you know the what I, if that yeah. if that came across as script notes I bet they would have done it. I probably yeah yeah but we're living in an era where a science advisor is a laughable thing Um, well and it actually would have been a whole lot worse because those are one quadrillionth of a second so yeah makes makes your critique much much (laughs) but but see then that would microseconds at least like the general tv watching populace at least has a mental concept but whatever you just said that's the first time i've ever heard it before so that's probably why they didn't go with fento fento seconds there even though it would have been like if it's important that it's fento seconds ahead of the child or quote child then uh yeah that's a that's a thing that o'brien should be paying attention to but um i'd like to just swing back real quick to um something that we just really briefly touched on which is like this is right around the point where um everybody who's involved with sciencing uh science is the worst um and they all fall flat on their face uh, because I, mm-hmm. if there's a thing that enrages me about this episode, it is that people who are supposed to be portrayed as people of science um, are making the dumbest decisions in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like literally everybody who doesn't know a thing about genetic engineering, medical science, you know, other than just a passing familiarity with it, i.e. the command crew. Uh, they're all the people who are acting appropriately, which is to say, yep. that's crazy. We shouldn't do that. Why mm-hmm. are you asking us <laughs> to do this? Um, and or both... asking the questions, right? Asking the questions of like, wouldn't that be a bad idea? And then the two doctors <laughs> gang up on them. They're like, no, obviously not. Well, that's not, that's not, not wrong yeah. at all. I am the doctor. What are you and talking about? That's an impossibility. <laughs> that could never happen. <laughs> and like the, the two parts that I think are the, like the least scientific of this episode are... Um, when they when they come back from the land tree, so this is a little bit before this, and then we'll catch back up to, to where we were just talking about. When they come back from the land tree and they start asking Dr. Kingsley the questions about like, 
and she immediately is like, they infected us. And it's like, but you guys deal with genetics. And she's like, yeah, we deal with genetics. So, you know, no way this one's on us. And I'm like, a disease that <laughs> makes people age crazy fast may not have a genetic component. Lady, are you high? Like, what? Like, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're going to write that one off, like, entirely? Like, do you know, so, so I want to I I make a, a comparison here to, to, to another expert um, back from the child. And, and I, I actually think it must have been i haven't looked this up but but the writing in the child and the writing in this are so similar in so many ways yeah but the 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 doctor in that one who was moving all the like plague samples or whatever um this <laughs> doctor and dr Pulaski in this episode both remind me of him because he was also like yeah don't worry about it like hey no no we're not wrong no it'll always work and then things went <laughs> wrong and he was like i don't know how that happened yep and like yeah they're really just not understanding how to write experts at this point yeah because the other um <clears throat> the other part is when dr kingsley says uh well every test on them has been negative so it can't possibly be the children and i'm like you have a a, a disease which acts rapidly and the pathogen has not been identified so negative tests prove nothing Right? Like, if you don't know what you're testing mm -hmm. for, what the hell difference does it make if they tested negative for known quantities? Yep. Because this is an blue. unknown quantity. So, so wanna, essentially, essentially wanna... a, a smart sounding but otherwise nonsensical statement. Exactly. I, yeah. I want to lay down some, uh, some, some crazy talk here, but hear me out. Mm -hmm. people everybody's acting super weird they're all out of out of character they don't want to save the the people the old people they just want to save all these crazy kids nobody's acting right nobody's questioning all these decisions we're dealing with a room full of crazy super genetically enhanced telepathic children it's the kids pulling the strings right they're just trying to save themselves they don't care about the scientists uh, they make the scientists say dumb things uh, right that's a better rap to this episode. That's a it's way all the better. kids. Yeah, that's a way better rap to this episode. Oh my god! Yeah, but, they, but that's uh, the the mind puppet. Uh, that's that's a little bit of a stretch from from just uh, inherently telepathic to puppeting the scientists into saying. <laughs> yep. we, but we what I'm saying no, is, we had nothing it is to do plausible, with this, and that's it, what makes this episode horrible. <laughs> that there's there's gaps in the plot so big you could put that in it. Yes. Yeah. You could literally, oh. and and there's no way to 100% refute your assertion. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because this no, episode that's... is so poorly written. Oh, well, yeah. I, was, I do. I do understand what they were going for. I certainly didn't hate the episode. Um, even I'm, though I'm close. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> what episode were you watching? Well, I am. I am a much more casual Star Trek fan, though. So I can yeah. even though. I know that it's it would not go down in history as one of the better written or better executed episodes. Uh, I I enjoyed it for what it was, as opposed to trying to let dissect how badly it was written and all of the various plot holes which you could drive a semi truck through. Yeah. Uh, it's just trying to to appreciate what they were trying to do and yeah. then sort of admiring how spectacularly they failed at it. Well, we haven't even really touched on how they resolve it, right? So that she, really that upset me the most, actually. If anything she, did she, well, anger me, she kidnaps Data, tosses him in a shuttle, says, "Drive it," <laughs> and he's right? like, "Okay." <laughs> yep. And he says, "Did Captain Picard stay to do this? He, like, he hasn't gotten orders from Picard. She'd just been like, "Yeah, this is gonna work. Don't worry." And he says something <laughs> like, "Well, what if you're wrong?" And she says, 
SDF, SDFU noob. I'm never wrong. I'm going to live forever. That's basically <laughs> her response, right? And and I love Data's response to her where she says basically like, well, even if so, it's just me and it couldn't affect you. And and Data's response to that is the best response, which is uh, that's hardly certain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, Picard and Dana, all these characters only getting to say these rational lines kind of off to the side to themselves. Right. All right, yeah. Pulaski's not hearing it. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> It'll be fine. What are you worried about? Baby, drive the shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and realistically, they have, tel- they have um, um, oh boy, tractor beams, right? Mm-hmm. Data doesn't have to be there to drive this thing. They could have just pushed it out and then <laughs> held on to it. Yep. Like they literally could have had Data push it out into space. Yep. It's just a floating room. Yep. It's not going anywhere. But he's there so that he can scan her when she gets mega arthritis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, and that is what Good it would thing. be. That is the technical term for it. it is yeah, how I that, agree. How that pathogen starts is mega arthritis. Yeah, I, 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 um, they weren't kidding when they said acute arthritis. Like I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus, that is some acute arth. Like it's you know you think of arthritis as a, a constant pain, uh, you know. And she's just like, all of a sudden, is like, ow, now I hurt. And I'm like, I don't think arthritis has ever worked that way. No. But okay. But I, I mean, suppose if you're thinking about the spontaneous, rapidly accelerating generation of, of that specific joint issue, maybe. Yeah. Like if, but, that's, but then it's like, if that's happening, if the arthritis onset is that rapid, and then it takes however long for you to age a bunch, like that, that makes very little logical sense. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, my elbow. It's like, well, then <laughs> yep. basically, it'd be it'd be like the uh, it'd be like Donovan in uh, Last Crusade. You know, if if, if we're going to progress down that same, like, if we're like, if the science is is needs to be accurate, like, oh, my elbow hurts, and then you just basically <laughs> fall over into a skeleton, <laughs> <laughs> and then <you're> crunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, and there's all sorts of other solutions that they toss out that like could help here. They're like, why can we toss you in Sterilizer? whatever it's called the plastic that they put in and they're like yeah. no no i don't want to do that and it's like can we do this other thing and they're like no 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 nope. it's, it's like well wouldn't it work if they just put you in suspended animation like why wouldn't that work <laughs> or, yeah and they, they they this episode can't be bothered with anything that makes a lick of sense like yeah. it just, no no it's just it's it's basically like the train's coming just just stay off the tracks and let it happen just watch it go by well, this episode is, yeah, this episode is the hold my beer of medical science, where it's just like, mm. here, <laughs> here, that's fine. And then it's, you know, so you, the whole episode is supposed to be, at least from from me, you know, watching it a couple, only a couple times, uh, it's supposed to be loosely tied to, like, the ethics of doing fringe science and the potential consequences so then she gets she does a bunch of stupid stuff makes a bunch of poor decisions as the chief medical officer gets infected with the pathogen and you're like okay like she's gonna pay like we're gonna be getting a new a new chief medical officer because she she derped she derped real hard those files looking through the the medical files (laughs) and and then it's like oh don't don't worry we'll just we'll just reverse that using some other magic. like I say, a to- say yeah, basically, basically teleporter magic essentially i would like to talk about that because that is <clears throat> you know i look at that as that's the actual resolution of the episode and and i yeah. wrote this yeah, down yeah, yeah. because i was curious we solved this mystery and 
began the process of rectifying all the bad that it had caused with 11 minutes of runtime left. Um, and, and I'm like, what the hell were we doing up to this point? Like, sometimes you can have a slow burn to solve the mystery, and that's okay. But in this one, it's like, to fix it, needed more than 11 minutes of screen time for what they had set up. And what they spent their time setting up was just ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's see how this goes. And then it's basically, that's exactly right. It's transporter magic. Like, it's just... Transporter magic. I literally... Well, it's, let's, they totally, totally forget. Okay, so your research facility caused the death of 26 people. Yeah. Yes. And that that's going to be addressed how exactly <laughs> like you know you don't you do it were, again like, nope just and then we're just well, gonna go back and take care of that later like that's that they never revisit the fact that, that they just left a whole bunch the... of telepathic super kids on a planet right yeah <laughs> uh -huh. do you think they're just gonna be super happy being quarantined their entire lives right like <laughs> yeah i really maybe, so maybe... they're totally gonna break out and cause trouble maybe I mean, that one of them was Khan and singh and he time traveled a bunch and like this is part of the timeline maybe this is where he was born right he accidentally time traveled back to his timeline that what was it the <laughs> 80s or 90s or whatever that so sounds like some saucy fan fiction right that, there yeah I mean, it's plausible though right that exists somewhere on the internet it uh it does guaranteed I wrote this because you can tell, like, you can tell that I ran out of paper at the end of this, and I, I'm I'm now in my ledgers and I'm flipping my paper like around and around here. Um, the the end just bothered me so much because I'm like, why does Picard want to beam her up? Like like that that angered me. Like, no, we need to bring you aboard, Doctor Pulaski. I'm like, you just spent the entire episode being the only guy or one of the only people in the room who's like, no. And then yeah, I was like, what the f WTF happens to those kids? And then, yep. I, and then I wrote DNA versus pattern buffer, uh, techno babble, techno babble, make it so. And I'm just like, uh, like they just literally like they, they're throwing so many terrible ideas out at a rate of like two per minute that it's that keeping up with all of the dumb crap that happens in the last 10 minutes of runtime in this episode is nauseating if you don't just like go with it which i wonder if that's what they were trying to do but like ugh. we call that the shotgun approach <laughs> yeah exactly yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well and yeah you bring up a good point about the beaming up because during the um there was another staff meeting right when she gets uh, infected and troy says like well we have to beam her back immediately it's like what why and picard says no but then later he's like okay everything must everything's yeah, cool bring her back now yeah the the uh, that boardroom scene I wrote is the the dividing line between between the point of the episode where only some people have lost their goddamn minds to where pretty much everybody has lost their goddamn minds. Well, that, like and after it, that, it's, it's watershed. Troy moment. Troy also asks a question like, "Shouldn't Pulaski be here?" And Picard just kind of looks at her like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's reminiscent of another. Which, uh, what you talk about? Scene. What yeah. you talk about, Deanna? Right. So <laughs> if we go back to uh, uh, what episode? Elementary Gear Data, uh, episode three of this season. Yeah. They have a very similar conference room scene where Pulaski isn't there because she's been captured by Moriarty. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, should we uh, kill Pulaski?" And they're all kind of like. I guess we, I mean, can we? I mean, <laughs> sure. And yes. Troy says, no, no, no. Love, the and, level of overall attachment is yeah, very and low here at it's this basically point. the same yeah. thing. Like, well, maybe we could just let her die in the shuttlecraft and then get data back. <laughs> and they're like, and they all kind of look around and they all think about it. 
Yeah. It's like, is that, is, yeah. <laughs> that, that is, this, more... is this conversation being logged? Like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> I think, I think Picard's weighing the, the amount of paperwork that would have to be done. <laughs> and he's like, eh, that's a lot of time. Uh, no, let's find another way. <laughs> and we even in, during that last, uh, some of the, the later segments where they're trying to figure out how they're going to solve this, uh, <clears throat> genetic problem we get force fed some pulaski backstory to like reinforce the continued existence of the character like oh she really never like enjoyed the transporters when she was on my ship but she really wanted to be on the enterprise and like knew everything about your methods and yeah and this and that it's like and what what relevance does any of that have to the current situation yeah yep. and you know what you, like i immediately like i was uh, again it's one of those where you see where they're going you see what they're trying to do and they're trying to build these bridges these connections to her and the crew because she does have a tough gig where she's coming in without a full season behind her belt where everybody else has that but i'm like you know we're seven episodes into the second season and it shouldn't if she really felt that way let's say that she really did have a ton of respect for captain picard and what the crew of the enterprise did it shouldn't be as surprising to me as it is to hear somebody say that then if that were the case. Because he said that, and I'm like, I thought she just hated everybody. Like, <laughs> like then, then why are you writing the character to indicate that she hates everyone and everything? <laughs> like, well, and it's, uh, there's so many points in this episode yeah. where, like, everything she does, like I said, every time she gets to make a decision, she makes the wrong one. But um, she gets advice from Troy halfway through, and... Troy's advice is basically like, yeah, you know, rational decision making is hard. So just like go on what you feel, I guess. And like, yeah. <laughs> and it's the worst way to do it, right? Yeah. That's what, that's what gets her into every problem in this episode. This is right. And this is basic decision making research that if you just instinctively go with what you feel, um, you're prone to all sorts of these decision making biases. And she falls victim to all of them. Yeah. And if she's this doctor that, this other captain loved and is so respected by everybody. Um, she should know how to sit down and, and weigh the different options and say, well, we could do this, but here are the associated risks. Here are the problems. Um, here are our options. And here are the ones that actually make rational sense. And she doesn't ever. Right. Nope. Not right. once. Nope. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and they, uh, it's supposed to come across as maybe being passionate about, the work or something yeah, but it, it, the it doesn't use, the execution yeah it's not it doesn't uh it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make <clears> any <throat> sense for her to behave that way if she's this well-respected well you know published and people all across the the known universe know about her work on virology it's like uh how are you that stupid <laughs> yep well and at the end of the day she doesn't save the day right no she has to be saved yeah and so the opening captain's log says this mission will give me further opportunities to assess the performance of our new chief medical officer the only thing picard can walk away from that is yeah she's really not good at her job (laughs) he he assess to stand there and and say i'm looking for opportunities to assess her and then to, to have this performance show up he should be flipping through folders on his desk looking for a replacement, right? Yep. Yep. And instead, and instead, like, I'm glad you brought that up because this brings me to the perfect segue. One of the largest things I have written on this piece of paper is they hugged like question, like, like not only, not only is that where Picard should be, which is like, 
I really need to find a new chief medical officer. They are, I guess, if you were to read this, uh, exactly in an opposite place because supposedly how this is written and how it's acted like now Picard like he's really he wants to save her like he literally they like there's a point where I, I think the only reason they put in there like we have to beam her up now is because it's right after he has that conversation with her old captain and her old captain basically you know gives gives Picard the bio and he's like oh yeah and she she really wanted to be on your crew and man she loves what you're all about and like suddenly he now seemingly all of his attitudes towards her have changed he wants to fly in the face of regulations and the safety of the ship to beam her up to to rescue her he's the one driving um all of the like discussion about like no 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 come on there's got to be a way to use transport there's gonna be a way to, uh, i don't know d d dna into the pattern so we don't have her whole pattern but what about just dna whatever make it work just make it so and then at the end of the episode he's literally running the controls at the, yep, at the console. and she materializes and they embrace in a hug and i'm like i that's a hell of a turnaround inside of 10 minutes like that mm -hmm. I, I don't so let me pitch you an idea. Yeah. Telepathic kids. <laughs> Telepathic kids. Can, can we, yeah, can we just summarize all of the crazy shit that happened in this episode as the telepathic kids are controlling the actions of the majority of the people in the episode? Telepathic kids. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, and anytime, anytime you have to go there, you know that there are some, some problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I keep coming back to that where it's literally the first thing I wrote on the piece of paper and it's the last thing that I circled when I was done the writers tried to make this an episode where it's like, look how cool Pulaski is. Like, you guys hate Pulaski, but she's cool, right? And it's like, this episode is, is you know, in one hand, I, I really, like, I don't, like, I have a visceral, like, mm, I don't like you episode. I don't like you one bit. But then on the other hand, as, like, a case study in how to assassinate your own character um, in the minds, hearts and minds of, of your fans, this is, mm -hmm. this is, like exactly how to mishandle your character in the worst possible way. I do have a lot of sympathies for Diana Moldauer because yeah, I don't yeah. think there's anything she could have done with this. Like they handed no. her this and there's nothing for her to do, but just be like, yep. man, I guess like this is a paycheck. So <clears throat> here I go. You know, yeah, okay. yeah, there is, there's no way out of this one. There's no clever acting that, that, there's no way to wink at the camera, right? No. Just nothing. No. no. Now, without completely breaking the fourth wall or ad-libbing some stuff that would obviously end up on the cutting room floor, like, you're just, uh, you're not going to be able to turn chicken shit into chicken salad in this case. It's just not going <laughs> to happen. You just, you got, just, and she also, you know, and, and, and at, she did as good of a job with this episode um, as she possibly could have. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I think, yeah, yeah. As, as, a, as a pretty well-accomplished television actress, in her in her day in her own right she she tried tried her best but it was, it, i don't understand how picard goes from complete skepticism about everything that she's about to oh you you got a good reference from the previous ship you were on so we need to make sure that we save you and not only that like we're gonna hug at the end because that's like that's just totally setting up the fact that she's the chief medical officer now and you guys need to like her yeah, like yep. she's, yeah. She's, she's there. Like, look at look at how. But she didn't do anything. Uh, she took a lot of risks unnecessarily, but she didn't do anything heroic or cool or interesting the entire episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and it was all about saving again, genetically enhanced telepathic superhuman kids. 
who are yeah, going to be like, locked up for just, the rest of their lives. Yeah, and now they because... just quarantine them on that space station, and they're locked up there forever. Unless they somehow, I don't know, figure out how to get out of there, which seems like probably they would. Well, um, But they yeah. don't want to talk about that, so. Yeah. And I, I like to do this here a little bit, because, like, so I, I think... I, I genuinely did believe the idea that like there are some cool ideas in this episode and there is possibly an interesting episode in here. And I even think there's a way for this episode to have better achieved the objective that they set out, which is to just show how effective of a person uh, Pulaski can be both professionally and how, uh, you know, how decent of a human being she could be. And I think you just turn it on its ear. You you cannot make her the victim in this situation. You you cannot uh, do that. And, and unfortunately, she was the victim of the disease, not even through any noble means, because she was just being an idiot. Um, yeah, she was like, no, no, this won't happen to me. I know, I know that. I I can feel it. It's not going to happen. And then immediately it happens. Yeah. But how different of an episode would this have been if at the get-go, say somebody on the crew was afflicted by this? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that this I was is, just thinking that too. That would be great. And that she is the one who, and you could even keep the stuff in there with whatever the starbase is where they're doing this research. But instead of having her immediately go along with everything that Dr. Kingsley says, which seems really out of character, have her be the person who is that moral firewall, who like mm-hmm. who who says something else is going on here and have you know it could be an episode where you show her not giving up in the face of obvious answers because maybe that that starbase is like being really cagey about it and maybe they're like no it couldn't possibly be our kids because they've got yeah, something to I hide mean, all the tests are negative they're falsifying research and yeah, yeah. And that could have been that could have been handled uh very easily when Worf is like uh captain we probably should board the ship and yeah. if someone you know like it, it you could have used a red shirt for that like just some <laughs> random like yeah. like here take take johnson from engineering he's available to go like so that he he gets the thing they put him under the uh, be a styrolite in the force field like you know we don't know if the force field's gonna hold like it could infect the whole ship we should probably like set, shoot him out the airlock and let her uh show some some uh intellectual prowess some some like uh deductive reasonings have her challenge dr kingsley like oh yeah i think you're falsifying research you're going against the federation they could yeah. have made her out to be a hero and actually and and been the one to solve the problem uh, yep. uh Along with O'Brien and the teleporter, you know, the teleporter magic could still have been a component, but not, it would have been a, a, uh, a more fun and like interesting vehicle to solve, solve the, the episode rather than just like a bunch of crap that happened with 10 minutes left to go in the and show. It, and it should have been her idea. And instead of like, of all people, Picard, like the captain of the ship is not the one who's going to come up with a groundbreaking, uh, genetic treatment via transporter. Like... I'm sorry, like, <clears throat> the guy can't be perfect at everything. Like, he can't, you know, be a, a, an excellent commander, a skilled diplomat, and apparently uh, a breakthrough medical researcher genius, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that. I, I mean, it's just the wrong people are doing the wrong jobs in this episode, and this could have been such a vehicle to show Catherine Pulaski's compassion and her intelligence. Um, and instead, it makes her look even dumber and even meaner, like, at the yeah. same time. And, like, that's... It just yeah, all it shows is her hubris. And, and, it just yeah, rec- yeah. Reckless and careless yeah. and just all yeah. the, all these things you don't, you know, if you could pick traits that you do not want your chief medical officer to have because you, you know, there's limited space on a starship or any ship for that matter, if we're going to take it to, to the like nautical parallels that the show is often compared to, like they, you have to, everyone has to be able to do their job ably uh, 
and you can't there's no room for her to do the things that she did and she did a bunch of them in that episode yeah yeah i think takes unnecessary risks it's got to be that first checkbox that you're just checking <laughs> off like, maybe not the best, nope. the best candidate for chief medical officer yeah exactly but yeah yeah that I, I was, yeah, that's such a good yeah, so like, she way could to not rewrite have, that, have though. talked Boy. data through the tests that needed to be run. Like, okay, like we're pretty sure this is an in, you know, this is an organic based pathogen. That, you know, at, at the even if you don't know anything else about it, it probably is not going to uh, have an adverse effect on data. Well, okay, so, so, so let me spin that one a little bit because I think if if we're if we're going to ways to fix this one and trying to fix Pulaski at this point in the season maybe you send data in because you think he won't be affected by the Lantry and then he's the one who gets infected, sure. right? And now she's yeah. trying to save data, the person the, the the person she does not consider a person, yeah. right? That, that is a way to build bridges good, with that episode, yeah. right? And and data is fine that you could just leave in a shuttle, right? They don't bring him back to the Lantry. They have him out in space and they just pull him along. Um, or maybe they, they bring the whole Lantry with them so that right. they're not just leaving it. Yeah. Um, and data's on there, like maybe not getting older, but but slowly, um, you, know, uh, you know, effectively dying. Um, and she now has to take risks, maybe risks to herself to save data. And that would repair so many of those bridges that were have been burned at this point in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And. I'd like to throw out that none of us are writers, and yet look what look what we just did. Inside <laughs> of the... yeah. I would not have started this. I, if you asked me at the beginning, hey, could you guys come up with it save this one? I don't think I would have bet on us. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, and I think this episode was uh, the victim of multiple rewrites. Uh, real quick, I did just a little bit of background in this, and apparently, significant parts of this episode in earlier drafts were supposed to have taken place on the land tree itself which I think also would have made it at least a more interesting episode because it would have gotten it out of the bottle a little bit, but um, <clears throat> I don't think it would have solved any of the problems. But I, I think I think this is uh, another example of just clearly rushed production um, because of all the stress of, of what was going on with season two and, and the writer's strike. But uh, this episode's uh, it's kind of a mess. I mean, it's... Yeah, a hot mess, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, if garbage you want to... fire, <laughs> dumpster <laughs> fire. So, so I mean, we've really we've 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 covered it. We've covered a lot. I don't have a lot that I'm missing. Um, no, we've we've raked it over the coals pretty good, I think. It seems yeah. like for, yeah. for the most part. But as, and I, I think that the episode had so much potential from from mm -hmm. a conceptual standpoint mm -hmm. about the you know, medical ethics uh, research in deep space. Uh, in the future with uh, semi-unlimited resources as we would understand it, at least the casual, telev casual television viewer would, would see that as. Uh, that is what is more upsetting uh, in how they ended up with this sort of amalgamated pile of garbage that we ended up with. Yeah. Uh, that is, is more troubling, is it could have been a very interesting episode from a lot of different angles as we have very thoroughly illustrated mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the only good thing i can really say about this episode is uh michael westmore uh and his makeup for uh pulaski when she was old um was really good oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah that was really, really good very well done very, <laughs> i was like I, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow it's like whoa hello <laughs> it's actually really believable good. super old people makeup so how about that was this also i mean was this the lantry um was a different type of ship have we seen, seen that type of ship before uh, it's one. That, 
Hmm. I don't think we've seen it in... Well, we might have seen it in TNG. It's a very common ship, though. It's actually the same class of starship that uh, Khan commandeered in Star Trek II. It is yeah, a Reliant, uh, right? Yep. I was oh, going to bring yeah, that up, reliant. but okay. I was I, I didn't want to bring that up part. and then and then be like, no, that's not even close. But I I noticed that to this afternoon. I'm like, that looks like the model for the Reliant. Uh, yes, and uh, for um, you've just triggered a starship nerd moment, whether you know it or not. Wait. Nerd alert! <laughs> So the uh, the the Reliant was uh, was a Miranda class vessel, uh, which originally was designed for Star Trek II. Uh, it was supposed to be differentiated from the uh, Enterprise, as seen in the original motion picture in Star Trek II. They wanted another Federation ship, but they wanted it to look different enough so that audiences could tell the difference between Kirk's ship and Khan's ship. And so it was designed with just the saucer section and the nacelles. Originally, the nacelles were supposed to be above the saucer like they are in the Enterprise. However, they flipped it to further separate it visually from the Enterprise, which is why the nacelles hang below. Um, and it has been used as a stock model forever. In fact, it continues to appear uh, throughout Star Trek The Next Generation. And it makes tons of appearances in Deep Space Nine, as apparently Miranda-class vessels were like the trucks, like literally space trucks of the Federation. So they were used for... Uh, supply runs, scouting missions, you know, all that kind of stuff. Nothing that you want to send anything with some firepower with, but, uh, yeah, the, one of those, uh, one of those workhorses, uh, type starships. So class three defensive only. That's right. Yes, exactly. Class three defensive only. Exactly. Yep. So there's your starship nerd moment. Um, well, then I think all we have have left to do is vote. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And as our guest (laughs) of honor... Uh, Mr. Aaron Heiner, would you uh, like to go first in terms of... Oh, absolutely. Uh, do you recommend for a newbie, or is this a uh, pass? It's, that's, that is a, it's a tough call because it would depend... I would need to ask the person who was thinking about watching or getting into Star Trek if they have any previous familiarity with, with any of the series, including TNG. Because if you don't you need to watch this episode to understand the difference between like a, a bad episode that could have been good, a bad episode that's just bad and unrecoverable and a great episode. You have to have the frame of reference. So I would actually recommend you that someone watch this. Don't, Mm. don't skip it because it has value in other ways other than like, Oh, that was a really good episode. You absolutely have to watch it. It's value in badness. Yeah. It's value, value in, in, yeah, in, in how bad it was, but why it's bad is what's hmm. important. Hmm. Okay. I don't believe we've heard that type of defense before. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Paul, what say you? <clears throat> Just like the Lantry, this episode should be quarantined and then destroyed. Yeah. That is all. I could have just done that. I could have went with that. That was, you know, that was super, super, super cute and super catchy, but I, I wanted to, to add some depth to it. That's my fault. I suppose. I'm going to, I'm going to invoke the rare. Uh, yeah. I'm going to second Paul and use the double host veto to block this one from our official <laughs> watch list. Um, because holy crap, this episode, it, um, and, and my criteria for this, I, Heiner, I think you made an interesting argument like that. Is, I, I thought about that a little bit and I'm like, no, I see where you're coming from. But I, one of my main criteria for hard pass is damaging to the series. Um, mm-hmm. and this one definitely fits the bill. It is, um, 
to to watch this episode you have to reconcile the completely disparate ideas that the federation is very anti genetic engineering with apparently in this episode oh we're cool with it this time for no reason well and if you want to watch if you want to watch some episodes about genetic engineering i I listed off a bunch yeah there's so many other good star trek episodes about it Uh, i'd also recommend season three episode 14 of futurama time sleeps on uh, uh, time keeps on slipping uh where they have genetically engineered basketball players that things also (laughs) go wrong but Futurama is a great show. It really, yeah. it's, it's just sub that one in, in place great, for this great episode. Great show and yeah. also yeah. very underrated show. Now, if if this episode was the only ep- like you're going to show someone this episode and it's going to be the only episode of TNG that they've seen ever, then no, you can't. You cannot, in good conscience, yeah. have them watch this episode. Like if, if that is, I don't the know if they were no, only going to no watch way. one and that was all they could ever well, handle like for the rest of their in- life. Introduce then... them, introduce them to the series via an episode that we're covering. And if oh. this is the episode yeah. you're going to show them and, and have them evaluate the series or like whether I want to continue watching, nope, don't do it. Do not. I think it would be a fun prank to just have a person watch just this and say, "Yeah, all Star Trek's like that." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to watch anymore. That's it. Yeah. That's, uh, nope. Nope. Yeah, nope. Trek doesn't nope. need any more nope. haters. Uh, that's that's how you grow a <laughs> hater right there. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's going to do it. Uh, Aaron Heiner, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope we have you, you back again. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I would be back anytime, anytime. Appreciate do you, it. Do you have uh, anything on the internet, either social media, website, anything that you want people to particularly know you for? Or uh, this is your chance for a shameless plug. Is, is oh, all that is. goodness. Uh, I, am on, I am on Twitter at uh, thisgrumpyjew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, and I would not necessarily, I, I can't believe that, that wasn't taken already, but uh, I would not necessarily recommend that people follow that because I, uh, I don't know. I, I tweet things about uh, politics, but mostly tongue in cheek sort of posts. Also, uh, most of it is about like whatever bourbon or whiskey we're collecting at the time. So if you like that stuff, uh, follow me on Twitter. Otherwise, uh, no, I don't have any, I shouldn't have anything on the internet that anyone should be following. <laughs> so challenge accepted, listening audience, start Googling. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, best of luck to you. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Well, thanks again. And until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And um, oh, this episode, I, I can't even say anything about it i'm just so tired no i don't have any i don't I'm have anything witty so I'm, I'm out of it trigger <laughs> warning trigger, <laughs> star trek trigger warning uh we'll see you next yeah, just time. put in some space sounds that's, yeah that's all <laughs> increase the flash gordon noise and put more science stuff around oh dear all right we'll see you how would you evaluate her as a chief medical officer i would say she has a passion for her work i've never met a more dedicated physician No! No!